Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. That's right. It's time for the Eddie and Webby Podcast. Yo, I'm going to bust out some theme song action for you. Check it out. The Eddie and Webby Show is the place to be. They're talking about beer and pickleball and technology. So if you didn't know, now you know. Because it's time for the Eddie and Webby Show. On today's episode, Eddie and Webby make a TikTok video. This is the Eddie and Webby Podcast. Oh, come on. You got to be kidding me. Turnips are only selling for 45 bells. This is stupid. Oh, hey, how's it going? This is Webby, not Eddie. And I'm Eddie. And this is our 67th podcast. Oh, yeah. Episode number 67. We had an awesome episode last week, and we're back with another awesome episode for you guys today. Oh, yeah. Last one was 66. And so now we're at 67. Is that how numbers work i can't remember I, I do believe that is how the the number sequence goes you you are correct nice work that's right guys we have an awesome show for you tonight we have a guest that i'm really excited to be able to talk about uh but we're live webby did you know that did you know that we were live oh right now are you serious <laughs> right now we're live <laughs> oh, <yeah>. man jeez <laughs> we're live on facebook we're live on youtube and for the one person that cares now we're back down to one we are live <laughs> on Twitch. So the show is meant to be interactive. So if you have any questions or comments for us or for our guest tonight, definitely put them down in the comments and we just might be able to bring them up on the screen. Right, Webby? Yes, sir. Um, I'm really excited to be able to talk to this guest tonight. We're going to be talking about kind of like life on the road a little bit, which I'm really excited to get into. But before we get into any of that, Webby, I know I want to know what's going on in Twitter. Oh, man. The world of Twitter has just been blowing up like crazy lately. Let me go ahead and pull Twitter up here and see what's going on on the Twitter sphere here. Here is a message from Brad A. Shunk. He says, fantastic episode 66 of Eddie and Webby with Rusty Howes of Pickleball Channel. Great insights on taking pickleball to the next level. Eddie and Webby hold Pickleball Channel to the collaboration with them. Your number one fan. Hashtag Pickleball. Hashtag Grow the Sport. Uh, thank you for that, Brad. We appreciate it. And yeah, I feel like uh, he might be our number one fan. This, I think that's like three episodes in a row that he sent us uh, a tweet. And we really appreciate that. Very kind words. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that's awesome, Brad. Thank you for, uh, for all the uplifting words. Yes, very much so. Uh, we've got another one here from Dinks Bentley. Ugh, what was I thinking when I decided to listen to the Eddie and Webby show? They are a couple of no-talent wannabes. Jeez, come on. I mean, the no-talent, fine, but <laughs> wannabes? Come on. Right? We, we come original like 311, baby. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the, uh, the no-talent part, but yeah, the <laughs> wannabes, come on. That's just over the line, man. But uh, draw the line. Whatever. Thank you for that. Anyways, we uh, we still appreciate the feedback. <laughs> so uh, let's do one more Twitter comment here. Here's one from Carol Baskin Robbins. Eddie and Webby, you are some of the coolest cats in pickleball. When can we expect a new bad dink reading video? Hmm. 
Thank you, Carol. That's a great question. And you can actually expect a new Bad Dink reading video in the very, very near future. So just stay tuned for that. That's a, a new series of videos we've been working on. And man, they have been super fun to work on. Yeah, they crack me up every time, uh, every time I go back and watch them. So hope you guys enjoy them. For sure. For sure. But uh, Was, is that it for Twitter? Yeah, that's it for Twitter. I'm, I'm done with Twitter for today. <laughs> is that how that works? Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to be able to bring our guest tonight to you. Uh, our guest tonight has been on the show a few times in the past, but always had to share the spotlight with others. He has become well accustomed to life on the road out of his fifth wheel while teaching pickleball and playing pickleball. Please welcome to the show, Joey Farias. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? We're doing great. Uh, super excited to be able to have you back on, as I mentioned. You were on back in episode number 34 when we were live from the Florida Grand Slam. You made a guest appearance That's last right. summer at Perrin Brewing Company for the Beer City Open <laughs> pre-party. Uh, you've, you've joined us a couple times with submissions for pros asking pros questions. But tonight, it's all about you, man. It's all about all right. the one and only Joey. How do you feel about that? Good. I just got finished signing all those paddles. Um, I had to sign another couple hundred, uh, but yeah, not <laughs> nothing, nothing too crazy going on these last couple months. That's great, man. So, have you had a chance at all to kind of play recently during any of this quarantine? Or? Um, let's see, the last time I played, it had been I took about nine weeks off. Um, and then I went out and played a little bit with Randy Coleman, uh, Eden Lika, and uh, Andre Diascu. So I had, had played a one day out there, and then it's been another maybe week and a half that I since I touched a pickleball paddle. So it's it's been a little weird, and uh, I was definitely rusty that first hour out there. But yeah, other than that, it started coming back slowly. Yeah, I was wondering because as I've slowly started to play back again, I've been pretty rusty. Uh, so I was wondering from somebody at your level, if, if that same level of rust kind of follows you. Oh, def definitely. Definitely. Thanks, man. Well, I don't know about you, uh, but I could definitely go for a little bit of a beverage right now. Uh, Webby, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I am super thirsty and I, I couldn't even stand to listen to you interview Joey anymore. Like, uh, <laughs> I've got something to drink. <laughs> Guys, what are you going to be drinking tonight, Webby? Uh, so I actually got anxious or a little uh, antsy and already poured mine. But man, this this is a drink. It's a, it's a newer one from Bell's Brewery that I am absolutely loving. And this is called Incessant. And what it is, it is a double new england style india pale ale and the description says you asked incessantly so here we are a new england ipa from bells our twist we doubled it enjoy and man oh man it's uh it packs a punch it's pretty strong but it's very smooth and very tasty and this this is right up there with one of my favorite new england ipas now i'm loving it nice man i know you're a big fan of that style so i'll have mm -hmm. to try it out Joey, what about you, man? What uh, what's your beverage of choice? Um, today I am drinking just a little bit of some Buffalo Trace, uh, just clean, 
nothing else. Um, yeah, I've been in, uh, actually Matt Wright was one that I, a couple of years ago, we were in Florida and got me uh, to try a little bit of different whiskey. And I've been trying different whiskeys again and came back to Buffalo Trace this past, like I bought this probably two weeks ago. And yeah, just kind of been uh, checking, checking them all out. So far, my favorite has probably been, I liked the Four Roses small batch, uh, which was nice. And yeah, that's probably my favorite so far. Okay. And so is that typically your go-to? Is your a bourbon guy? Um, sl- slowly shifting that way. I still do enjoy my uh, hazy IPAs quite a bit. Okay. But um, yeah. All right. Nice, man. Well, I actually have a beer that I've never tried before. This is Rome City IPA from Brew Hub, which is out of Lakeland, I believe, right by the Orlando area. Uh, I don't know much about it, but typically when I go to Publix and I see something new on the shelf, I just buy it so that way I can try it. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to try it out, man. I've never I've never been to Brew Hub, but I heard it's a pretty cool place up there by Orlando. Lakeland, isn't that that's where the that's where the Tiger Spring training is, isn't it? I believe so. I do believe so, yeah. You should Cheers, know what guys. You got a Detroit hat on, right? <laughs> Cheers. Mm. Nice. Well, while we are enjoying our beverages, Joey, I want to I want to bring up a topic here. Uh if if you guys want to know about Joey's uh, experience with kind of like how he discovered pickleball and got into it. There's two places you can go to check it out. You can listen to our podcast number 34, which was live from the Florida Grand Slam last year in 2019. Um, or you can also check out Simone Jarjim's YouTube channel where she interviewed Joey a couple months ago. I think it was back in January, February, uh, where he kind of goes over his history of how he got into pickleball. Uh, but today I, I want right. to talk about something that, that, is very kind of interesting. And I think a lot of people would be interested in not only from pickleball perspective, but just as a way of life. And that is life on the road. So you're technically a a nomad. Is that what you call yourself? Like what, what do you refer to your situation? Yeah, I would say so. That's a good, good term there. Um, yeah, I'm on the road quite a bit, uh, especially during normal conditions. Um, going from tournament to tournament, uh, doing different, camps or lessons along the way, stuff like that. But yeah, I've been uh, fortunate enough to be traveling now. I've been full-time traveling since I want to say we did started June of 2018 where we dropped everything and just was on the road full-time. So did you have to convince your wife or did she have to convince you or would you guys, were you guys kind of both mutually looking forward to it? Um, It was, it was definitely her dream kind of thing. It was like, that's what she had been always wanting to do was to be able to travel and um, see the U.S., stuff like that. She enjoys traveling quite a bit. So it was Gearbox that actually kind of put this in my ear um, about what I thought uh, about traveling, like travel-wise and things like that, because one of their main ways of um, – marketing especially early on when their company was first starting with racquetball was they bought a you can see the gearbox bus i want to say that might be their third one their first one they bought 
and they just went out on the road. Uh, the owner with a couple pros and started doing some small little things and playing in different uh, racquetball gyms, stuff like that all around the country and slowly started getting bigger and bigger. And now they're one of the top two racquetball companies in the world with that. And they figured that'd be a good way to, to try to spread in pickleball um, was to have myself. Rafa still travels quite a bit on the bus around the, around as well and uh, get more exposure that way. Okay. So, but you, you're in a, in a fifth wheel with a, with a, a diesel tow truck, or tow vehicle, Correct. right? What, yes. what kind of, what kind of tow vehicle do you have? I have a F two fifty. Okay. So Ford F two fifty. Yeah, it's been nice. I can, if something goes wrong with the camper, we can leave it and then take the truck and find something, and then vice versa. If something goes wrong with the truck, I have the camper back here to kind of hang out and uh, get things done. So that that they have both happened while we we've been on the road. So really, uh, yeah. Well, and that's kind of the the whole debate between motorhome versus fifth wheel or travel trailer, right? If you're motorhome and it breaks down, your your house is wherever it broke down, right? Yep, you're stuck. Yeah, we're with a fifth wheel at least at least you have two separate. So if you you know you can get the fifth wheel towed to a campground, you can Yeah. You know, if the car breaks down or something, there's always ways around it, which is nice. But um but it sounds like you guys went the went the fifth wheel route. What you said that you've actually had issues with both your truck and the fifth wheel at separate times. Yep. So the it's mainly the fifth wheel happened earlier on. We ended up. I was on my way to a tournament or to I can't remember. We were driving in towards Vegas. I was going to fly out of Vegas to go to I want to say the Carolinas. I want to say it was North Carolina, and we were about we were maybe two hours out of Vegas. I probably had about six hours, seven hours till my flight that later that evening. And yeah, two hours out, we had a, not even just a blowout. So the whole wheel came off. So the axle grinded out. I couldn't tell. And we ended up having to get a whole new axle replaced. Luckily, we... I think we were in Deming. No, I don't remember what city exact. Kings, Kingsland or something like that, right outside of Vegas. Um, Tony was with me, so she ended up staying there with the camper. Um, we took the truck. She dropped me off to Vegas, drove the two hours. It was just the truck to Vegas to get me to my flight on time. Then we, she came back, got the uh, axle fixed, and then... I was in North Carolina for three or four days without her and then flew back and played the next following tournament, which was the Vegas Open. Um, yeah, so we had a crazy experience there where luckily we had a we had a vehicle to get me to the airport. Otherwise, there was no way I was getting there. Um, and then, yeah, we've had the truck kind of have a couple issues at a tournament. And luckily, we just we had time and we have a place to stay there with our obviously our fifth wheel so we just rented a couple more days at the park and got the truck fixed and then we're on our way so when you when you're finding places to stay with the fifth wheel do you typically go towards campgrounds towards you know people's houses towards the parking lot of the venue that you're staying at like what's your what's your plan or your kind of go-to for that i would say that that first option would probably probably be closer towards the venue. Um, 
that's usually our first option. We try to stay there um, by at the venue, if anything. If we can't, then yeah, we tend to stay at some parks around. Um, we have had a couple of pickleballers offer their houses, which has been awesome. Um, that obviously either they've had a fifth wheel in pr prior or they have one and have extra room anyways, um, or a RV, whatever. And, uh, yeah, so we've had some cool experiences like that as well. where We've been able to stay in different areas throughout the country and people's houses, even just like on random trips where we're only there for a day in between where I have to stop on my way from, you know, Texas to Florida or stuff like that. What's, uh, what's the coolest place that, you didn't think you would like, but you ended up actually really liking. Um, I did go just recently visit uh, Opelika, Alabama. I saw that. And I went to go teach right before the pandemic kind of really started kicking off. I was out there teaching um, at their f facility, which is amazing. If, if you guys haven't gone or seen it, it's it's awesome. I want to say it's like 12 or 16 kind of covered courts and this big, almost like that U.S. Open tarp thing that's out there. And uh, yeah, that city, I ended up staying in that Auburn Opelika place for a month because of that was right when the pandemics kind of started was when I was finishing up there. So we decided, you know what, that's kind of away from everybody we know. It won't, um, we'll just be on our own. And yeah, it was, it was beautiful out there they had some great state parks played a little golf and just kind of hung out on our own out there so talk about the pandemic and, and what that was like living on the road versus let's say you were at a house or you know living at more of a permanent place did it change your um, lifestyle up significantly or just the traveling wise uh we like i said we stayed for for a whole month out there in alabama waiting for it to kind of start slowing down um, and then we hit the road again just for a little bit. We went out, up towards uh, Michigan, where we are right now, with uh, my wife's family. Uh, she is from here in Detroit. And, uh, yeah, we've been here for a month, kind of just hanging out, doing uh, some new projects on the camper and getting everything nice and uh, ready to go for when we can start traveling a little bit more. How, uh, like how much do you typically plan your your travel or your trips do you do you kind of have do you prefer having more like a loose structure and kind of just okay we know we need to be in this part of the country these dates and kind of just roll with it or do you do you find like having a regimented plan is better um i am more that person that likes the kind of free looser schedule stuff like that so whenever we get a chance to we do that my wife, Tony, she is the complete opposite. She is a big planner, <laughs> loves to have things set and, and ready to a point. She does still like the, the freeness of being able to go check out this random, like biggest mailbox in the U.S. because <laughs> we're right. within two hours of being there, you know, random spots like that. But yeah, she's, she's the one that, uh, that kind of plans a lot of our routes out to see funny and cool things like that. So it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. So we definitely do more of the planning is my, what I would think. Okay. Have you, have you hit all 48 of the continental States? I don't even know what you call it, the, the lower 48. Um, let's see. We have missed, we have not been to Alaska, Montana, what else? Um, 
and Maine, and a couple of those, and maybe Connecticut, Maryland, a couple of those uh, northern eastern states. Okay, that's good. what. Where would you say you've spent like most of your time at throughout the last couple of years? Um, so when we first started traveling full time, we spent a lot of time in California. Um, we spent quite a bit. We did that whole Pacific Coast driveway all the way up towards Washington. Um, and then lately it's been a lot of, I would say Florida, obviously there's a bunch of pickleball going out in Florida, um, Florida and actually the Midwest, spent a lot of time in the Midwest. All right. So when you, when you go to a lot of these places, how do you find people to play pickleball with that are at your level? Um, that's kind of hard uh, sometimes, unless I obviously know some of the pros and stuff like that that from tournaments, and I know that they live in these certain areas. But for the most part, I'm not super picky with who I practice or play with. Uh, so I just either find their pickleball page online on Facebook, you know, this city's pickleball page, and I will um, message somebody, whoever that hey, where, when do you guys play, what time, this, and I just show up and and play. And then usually what happens is I play that first day kind of like an open-style play. I m mix around with everybody there, and then one of them or people think that I'm not enjoying myself, so then they, ask, they say, like, on Tuesday we can get you this better group of our players to come play with you. On this day we can, you know, so they'll set up a little bit more of a um, – private practice or something like that with some of their better players. I was going to say, that's got to be tough, man, especially in certain areas of the country. I mean, I know there's some hotbeds where there's obviously top-level play, but I'm sure there's still parts of the country where it's fairly new and, and finding people that are you know, at your level is probably pretty challenging. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, but it's it's just fun to see people out there in, enjoying the sport and uh, and getting better. What's the craziest thing or things that have ever happened with you being on the road? Man, um, I would say that whole tire thing was, was one of them. Um, in Vegas, my wife gave our RV a haircut. She took, she took out the AC unit going under a uh, overpass that was marked on one side as tall enough, I want to say our RV is like 12 and a half feet high. Yeah. So on one side, it was 13 feet, but coming in around, it just maybe like 20 feet to the left. It was slanted just a little bit further down there and it was not quite there. So yeah, she took off the whole, uh, the whole, um, air conditioning unit. So that, that was another one. Um, yeah, that's probably the, the craziest one there was, was having to hear that. And I wasn't there. I yeah. was at a different, different place. So yeah, I just get a call of her hysterically crying saying, I just took out the air conditioner and all that stuff. And how is she going to like, what does she need to do next? This and that, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. That's crazy to think that, you know, when you have a fifth wheel, cause I mean, they sit up really high above your bed. You have to be pretty careful. Have you run into that situation where you've ever had to either turn around or go to a different part of the road under bridges? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's always like even just like trying to get to tournament venues where if I miss a wrong exit or I have to take some weird streets to get down, there's trees, power lines, all that stuff. And, um, and then there's sometimes we've been on streets where we couldn't, you know, basically get out of this thing without having to try to back it up between different cars and all that stuff. So one of us has to get out and kind of guide guide the other one. And uh, yeah, we've had some some long some long days on this small road trying to get out going backwards and tight fits and all that good stuff. Oh man, that's got to be stressful. <laughs> it's not that bad. No. Once once you it happens, it's going to happen usually and it happens once then the next time it's like okay we're expecting it stuff like that you kind of expect things like that pretty pretty early on what about uh internet access have you have you guys found any issues with being able to stay connected throughout a lot of your travel no we've been um pretty good so um our phone company we have we bought you know extra modem and some extra hotspot capability stuff like that to uh, to have internet basically wherever we go. Most of the RV parks, if we stay at one, have it already. Um, and then when we're kind of what they call boondocking, where we're just staying at a random, you know, either a rest area or in, in a uh, state park somewhere. Um, yeah, our phones have been have been pretty good with that. We made sure that, so we got our phone services with two different ones. I think I have Sprint, she has AT&T. That way, in different locations, different uh, our Wi-Fi works uh, differently. Just in case you know mine doesn't work here, hers usually does, and vice versa. And then you could just use the others as a hotspot if you need to. Yep, that's smart. Correct. That's really smart. Um, what's the longest you've ever boondocked for, uh, completely off the grid? Uh, probably about twelve days. Wow, about 12, so no twelve to fourteen days. Okay, so that that was running off. Do you guys have solar? So we have a, um, a small little solar panel, but we mainly run off when we're boondocking a um, generator. Okay. So we have these bunch of gas tanks that have it set. Um, the little solar panel will kind of keep our main things going, like the fridge and the um, lights, stuff like that, along with the, just the battery. Um, the AC sometimes will work off that usually it's not very good uh, but we if it gets too hot then that's when we bring out the generator put that on that kind of that runs everything in the rv pretty easily okay uh what about like water like do you guys have you know a pretty big tank to be able to give you fresh water for a while yeah so yeah that's that's kind of what we realized where we can get we our tanks for showers and doing dishes, stuff like that, will last us about the 12, that 10 to 12 day mark. Um, that's when we see that it's start, starting to starting to run out. Our drinking water, we have we usually buy we have these big those three to five gallon tanks, and then we have a small little spigot thing that you like attach to it uh, that will give us our drinking water. And uh, yeah. That's cool, man. So, I mean, it sounds like for 10 or 12 days, that's a long time. You can go to some pretty remote areas and kind of just immerse yourself in nature and not have to worry about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's been it's been nice. Uh, done that a couple times out in our one of our favorite areas to do that is uh, up in northern Arizona in Flagstaff. Kind of just there's a uh, want to say it's state land that's up there, and it's just this like private, not even private public. I don't know acres of beautiful forest, and you just go in there and find a place and park and just hang out. And it's been it's been nice. You guys travel with two dogs, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, how how is that? Does that ever cause any issues or cause any? Stress? No, they've been they've been great. They they love traveling. First off, um, they're easy in the in the vehicle. Uh, they basically go on put their heads out the window for about the first hour and after that they just pass out (laughs) (laughs) they're they're out then when they wake up they one of our dogs likes to lower lower the window on her own so she'll go and lean and lower the window and then when she does that a couple times and when i keep putting it up that means that she needs to go out so then she'll that tells me that she's up now and she not she wants to go she has to go pee so we stop somewhere let them run around for a little bit and then hit the road again oh that's cool so that you go to a lot of these tournaments and then obviously because you have the fifth wheel you're able to run the air conditioning the dogs can chill in there for yep. hours on end right that's right yeah they've they've during tournaments they spend some long, long hours on their own those poor dogs they're there for you know anywhere from uh, like 10 hours 10 8 10 hours that they can spend on their own out there um luckily most of these tournaments um the venues have been pretty nice about have letting me at least uh, park there. So even if um, I have an RV park somewhere, I usually try to take the trailer there, set it up that way the dogs can be right there so we can check on them throughout the tournament. I have a place that has AC that I can go and hang out at between matches, eat all that good stuff, and then uh, at the end of the day, we'll drive back to wherever we're staying. Yeah, you brought up a good point. Having a place to be able to go, especially in some of these hotter climate venues, that's got to be great to be able to know that you can go between matches, get some air conditioning, make a sandwich, right? Yeah, yeah, that saved me at the Texas Open last year. It was brutal out there. So hot. And yeah, luckily, um, had that parked pretty close to the venue. I was able to walk out there and just... I took a cold shower between some matches, uh, just, yeah, got nice and relaxed and back on the courts instead of having to just try to find shade somewhere out um, in the venue. Right. Yeah. To get out of the hundred degrees and go to 90 degrees in the shade. Right. Mm-hmm. So what about, uh, when you guys are traveling a lot, do you prefer to cook? Do you guys like to eat out? Like what's, what's that look like? Um, I cook a lot. So yeah, yeah I, I like to cook, so I enjoy so yeah, we tend to cook quite a bit more. In the last maybe year or so, um, even Tony's got big into cooking now, so she's been uh, cooking even more. Um, so yeah, we've been on a on a more of a cooking kick. These actually, it's funny now that we haven't been traveling, we have not been cooking that much. Really? Uh, we've been with family and stuff like that, and yeah, either we've had them them cooking or they've been wanting to uh pick up food from here order food from there and yeah so it's it's been kind of the opposite when we're not traveling we tend to not not cook as much than when we are traveling okay 
Has uh, has your air conditioning ever gone out when you were like in a really hot area? Anything like that? Um, yes, it went out in. Let's see. I want to say it was TOC. It wasn't too hot, but it was still like higher higher eighties, low nineties. Um, yeah, and something was was going wrong with it, and it was funny because obviously couldn't figure it out. I was in between like the tournament days and then coming home and then trying to take a look at it for a little bit to see, not really immersing myself into figuring out what the heck was going on. And then, um, I asked Rafa who Rafa is the owner of gearbox to come take a look at it. And yeah, within like a couple minutes, he was like, Oh, that's this, 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 and that, and was able to wire whatever he needed to do and fix it. His mind works ridiculous with all these engineering mechanics, the electrical engineering, the mechanics of the power, everything. It just uh, half the time when he's talking to me about that kind of stuff, I have no clue what he's saying. And he just keeps, <laughs> just, I just smile, nod. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. That's good. So, yeah, it's been, you, you it's have been that. great. Oh yeah. Anytime we have a problem, it's pretty nice. I can call him and with the, within a couple minutes, he can kind of, at least figure out where the problem spot is. And then from there I can take a look and, and see, and he's usually right. It's crazy. How, how do you guys handle mail? Mail. We have a PO box in, uh, in Tucson. And so our, well, actually Sean Rickard, one of my good buddies kind of every once in a while will go and check it out for me and then send it to me wherever I am. And, um, especially if I know if it's something important or anything like that, but, um, yeah, that's usually how we get our mail. Um, uh, if we're doing packages, stuff like that, I can get all my Amazon and, or, or gearbox packages or the, or jigsaw packages sent to the tournament or wherever I'm staying, stuff like that. So it's been nice. That's really cool. So I know that obviously life on the road, there's a lot of, there's a lot of appealing things about it, right? I mean, freedom, adventure, just kind of being able to, you know, see different parts of the world, maybe avoiding bad seasonal weather, right? In the wintertime, being able to escape it, but it can't all be great. There's got to be parts of it that are not good, right? That are, that are not what people are posting on Instagram. Do you have any, any words of wisdom when it comes to that? Absolutely. I mean, basically every trip or every couple trips something is going to go wrong in the camper where it could be something really small where it's fuses you know going out it's um or something really big where like the ac the this light the wire got cut because when we were driving it just like this little plastic thing that was holding it came down got snagged by one of the i think that happened to us on the slide side um it was held by a little old plastic thing it fell apart the axle of the fifth wheel caught it and then ripped all the cords within from in the fifth wheel on this side of the uh elect electric box or whatever um i mean just some crazy things like that where we get finally get all set up and then none of the electricity works because we didn't realize that there's all the wires are mangled underneath the <laughs> rv um yeah so yeah it's it's there's always some little issues usually something like that um, but yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was, it was awesome. Um, being on the road the last, uh, couple of years, 
it's been a lot of fun seeing di- just different parts of the U.S. that I probably would have never never experienced otherwise. Okay. Now looking back on it too, uh, if you had to do it over again, what would you do differently? Um, I don't know. Probably buy like actually maybe read a little bit more on it because as I as problems started occurring some of like the just like little like RV forums that you could I could have read before we ever started had everything like it like told you like you need you should buy a box of fuses a box of this this tool that tool that tool and basically for sure all the little small things that are going to happen while you're on the road that'll take care of it rather than you having to unhitch go to the town um, buy those things, come back, fix it, drive again, and then something else small, go again to another store. I would have had everything basically set up um, while we were traveling. Okay. When you get to your your destination, how long does it take for you to be able to get everything set up to where you can just kind of start living? Um, we got it down pretty good now. Maybe we we're down to probably about 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Maybe. Probably when you first 10 started, minutes. When you first oh started, how long? <laughs> <laughs> that, that took us probably, uh, it took me about an hour just to back this thing in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then from, from there, trying to figure out to, how to make sure that we were even and we weren't slanted where I would lay right. down the bed and like roll off. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that was, it was probably a, about an hour, hour and a half that it would take us when we were first, like that first like month, two months, it was terrible. Uh, basically, when we first got the RV, uh, Raphael goes and takes me out. He's like, we're in the back of the uh, this like the gearbox headquarters, and there's this huge lot, and we're back there driving. He's teaching me how to back it in a little bit. He's telling me, you know, here's this to level this out. Here's that um, to make sure that the tire, like wheel chocks and this, some small things and goes, the rest of it, you'll figure out as you go. Here's the keys. <laughs> and then that was it through out there. Cause that's how he learned was right. just kind of, he, he said like, it doesn't matter if I told you this, this and that, it's still going to happen. Um, you're going to end up calling me a lot at the beginning and then you'll, you'll figure it out. So yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've definitely driven off with forgetting that I had the back jack still on the ground. So I just see sparks or hear this grinding thing. Yeah, just I've we've done it all. And I'm sure you've met a lot of characters on the road, a lot of interesting people, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, a wide range of people out at, at some RV parks where I've had like groups of people kind of just hanging out, drinking, watching me trying to back in when I was first starting and just laughing while I'm trying to back into an RV spot. And then I've had some where they were a lot nicer, you know, within the first like two tries, one of the guys came out and was like, here, I can do it for you. And then just came in and did it super quick. Cause it was like this tight corner spot. And then he was kind of showing me some tricks on how to figure out how easy it is to, you know, where you mark your camper on where you need to be in order for it to back into this area. And yeah, within a couple things, like the first time our AC went out, um, we had no clue what was going on. Um, I didn't know where 
a lot of the stuff. I, I want to say it was our, even our first trip. The AC worked for like the first couple hours or that first night. The second night we went back and the AC just wasn't working. We had no clue. Um, there was a guy at the park throwing out his garbage, went to go ask him if he knew anything about why my AC came, comes in, like looks around. He goes, oh, there's this box, clicks it, this little light's on. And yeah, it's a, just this, he puts in a new fuse and our AC starts working. We were there for like two hours trying to figure this out. Hot as heck. Yeah. So yeah, just little things like that. Have you now become that guy that's throwing out his garbage and people are asking you for help on stuff? I've done it. Yeah. A couple of times. Yeah. It's been kind of nice. To, uh, I've been able to, to help out a little bit. My, one of my cousins just recently got an RV. So she's been calling me about everything that she needs to, uh, needs to do whenever she's getting hitting the road and all that stuff um but yeah i've learned a lot more about uh the i guess the diesel truck i've been able to do a lot of things with the truck now a little bit of electrician work um yeah doing been more of a handyman for sure after the after this experience yeah how how do you feel like being on the road has affected your your I don't want to say your pickleball game has it affected your your life in pickleball overall? It's been uh, I've been able to play more tournaments, teach more people, teach different people because I'm on different locations all the time, um, and I can have my family with me, so traveling's like quite a bit easier. I don't have to um, you know leave them back home for every you know every couple of weeks to go to these new tournaments, especially with all these new tournaments popping up. Um, all the time that our, our schedules are getting, you know, busier and busier. Okay. Well, and it, it sounds like there might actually be a little bit of a change happening in your life here in the very near future. Is that right? Yeah, that is, that is true. Can't quite say what yet, but, um, be moving to Florida and, uh, yeah, we're going to kind of settle down just a little bit. I'll still be traveling some. Um, but yeah, that's that's gonna be the plan. That's cool, man. Well, at, as the ambassador to Florida, I welcome you <laughs> down here. I'm excited that you'll you'll be down here a little bit more. Um, oh yeah, for sure. That's cool, man. So, looking back on the last couple of years, would you would you have changed having a fifth wheel and having you know either a, a, a class A motorhome or maybe something smaller like or do you feel like that was the that was the right balance for your situation yeah it seems like this has been probably the best choice we when we were first looking into this we were looking at you know um at the class c's some of the bigger uh class a stuff like that just where we're driving all together and then kind of Raphael made that point to me where you know, if we get you a fifth wheel or a toy hauler and stuff like that, you have plenty of space still, but you'll have the ability to kind of unattach and have a car, have a truck that you can easily get from this place to that place. When you're at a tournament, it's easier for me to, you know, go to the restaurants, go to the grocery store, go to this rather than trying to, you know, park a huge bus or a, a smaller RV um, in these random, random spots. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's a good point, right? You know, you you said you have a an F two fifty. It's probably not 
probably not hard to get around and navigate cities and things like that in a four than it would be in a even a small class C. I'm sure it would be much more challenging. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So yeah, that's been that's been kind of nice having that. And uh, talked a little bit earlier where you know the RV had a little bit of trouble. We, we uh, like a flat tire stuff like that and we're on a time crunch you know either getting me to the airport or getting to the tournament or where we can just leave the rv at that place or in that city um get it fixed while we go to the tournament get a hotel with the truck um and uh stay the weekend there and then go back pick up the rv on our way to a new place that's cool man and that's probably a little bit of a refreshing change right to be able to get into a hotel for for a weekend right yes so yeah sometimes it's nice and then we realize like all the little things that we've left because we don't have our house with us where we have everything we we really need um so yeah um it probably took about eight months to a year to really get comfortable um in this place where now it when we park and we're there for a couple, it, it feels like home. It's not like we're on the road. It's not, it's not like we're um, in a hotel or something like that, that kind of feeling. We have really every, everything we need um, that we would do at our, if we had a house or an apartment back home in Tucson or if we were with our fifth wheel in Florida somewhere. Okay. That's good stuff, man. So... We've asked you a lot of questions, which is awesome, <laughs> but we actually have quite a few questions for the segment that we like to call pros asking pros questions, right, Webby? Oh, man. <laughs> we got a bunch of great questions <laughs> for Joey today, and uh, this first question comes to us from a very good friend of ours, and that is Catherine Tarento. Hi, Eddie and Webby. Hi, Joey. I have a question for you. What event do you prefer the most? Men's singles, men's doubles, or mixed doubles? <laughs> Ooh, all right. Um, obviously, when I'm, when, I get, when I'm lucky enough to play with her, mixed doubles. Uh, now, I've been lucky enough to play with Catherine quite a bit. Uh, we kind of started together, so uh, mixed doubles is always a lot of fun. I would say my favorite is is men's doubles singles i play it every once in a while i'm gonna slowly maybe not play as much as i have been uh it is brutal last year's the previous year's us open i yeah it was it was so hot humid just it was torture i i ended up playing very well but yeah it was not not fun Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm growing to really like singles a lot, but on a really hot day, man, I hate it. <laughs> it can definitely be brutal on a hot day, that's for sure. Um, this next question comes from somebody that I hear is a pretty decent pickleball player that might make a name for himself one of these days. Here's a question from somebody that goes by the name of Ben Johns. Hey, Joey. Hey, Eddie Webby. So I have a question for you, Joey. I'd like to know what sports other than tennis that you played as a kid and how far you went with them. And also, can you sign my paddle? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first question or the second question, I've already signed that paddle um, (laughs) twice. 
And so for Ben, let's see, I played middle school football. I've only played about a year of it. And then my mom hated every second of watching me play it. I played, obviously I, I was in Texas. I kind of had to play at least a year of football. Like, um, I enjoyed it. Law? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I played basketball and uh, baseball and I played everything. I played basketball and baseball until I was in high school. Once I was in high school, I kind of, I was doing already pretty good in tennis. Uh, I had a national ranking, all that good stuff and, uh, decided to, um, really, really just focus on that one sport. And, and that's what I played. I played tennis ever since. Nice. You actually had some success in tennis though. You, you beat a couple, uh, pretty well-known players or, or held your own against them. Right. Yeah, I've had some some decent decent results. Don't don't usually talk about it too much. Um, yeah, so luckily I'm fortunate enough to play some of the some of these well known pros in junior tournaments throughout the uh, country when I was playing. I played a lot of ITF. I played some ITF, some international tournaments, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so I've had some good wins. It's it's okay to brag for a second if you right. <laughs> yeah, we encourage <laughs> you. Toot your own horn. Do it. <laughs> All right. Um, younger, I got to play D- Del Potro at the Orange Bowl. Won that match. And then I had a match point against Djokovic and lost, uh, which I shouldn't have. I was actually ranked higher than he was. He was not as good because I want to say that was still – he was young. And even whenever he was first first becoming a one of the top pros, um, he was – figuring out that he was allergic to gluten and or had a something with gluten and his parents owned a pizza shop so that didn't help and, oh man uh, <laughs> yeah so he got to like top 10 in the world with that finally got like a figured out that he he had that sensitivity and then he went on that ridiculous run you know a couple of years ago where he'd lost maybe two or three matches uh and then, uh, yeah, now he's back this last two years, just killing it. Um, so yeah, Donald Young played Donald Young quite a bit and obviously he's from the States and Sam Query played some doubles with him, played singles against him. Uh, John Isner in college, stuff like that. So I've been fortunate. Very nice. Uh, so that question came from Ben Johns, and Ben is actually tuning in now, and he has a follow-up question for you. And he says, "What's your favorite pickleball memory?" Ooh, favorite pickleball memory. Um, let's see. Actually, I would say one of them was playing with Ben at our. Uh, I guess it was our second U.S. Open, our first U.S. Open. It was his first U.S. Open and mine. Me and Catherine played him and Abby David in mixed age. It was funny because it was mixed age, and it was, I want to say it was us two. So it was me and Catherine, Ben, Abby David. It was Matt and Lucy's first uh, tournament ever. That was their first tournament was that U.S. Open. And then Kyle played with, I want to say, Jen Lucor in that small little um, 19-plus age age thing so we played him there after that was able to ask him if he wanted to play the following year in men's doubles because i figured out that he was pretty damn good already and it was he was just starting and he was young 
and uh, yeah, we did we did really well. Got to um, beat Marson and Morgan uh, for the bronze there, and that that was a team. Those two guys were a team that I really kind of looked up to when I was first starting pickleball. I saw a lot of videos of uh, Marson Morgan playing. Um, you know, and beating everybody out there and stuff like that, having great, great results. So just to play them on that court, um, on that stadium court with all those people. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that moment. Awesome. So this next question comes from a very talented and high level pickleball trainer. And she's a good friend of Joey's. Here's a question from Karen Geisen. Hi, Joey. Karen Geisen here, beautiful Auburn, California. I've got a question for you about communication. Oh my God, look who's here, the king of communication. Hi, Joey. Doug Koch, uh, and uh, hope you're doing well. And uh, we'll go back to Karen for a communication question. Hi, Joey, again. Um, my question is, if you feel communication is important and why on the court, because most sports it's very important aside from uh, golf, tennis, and individual sports. Uh, I feel uh, team sport is very important to communicate with your partner. Do you agree and why, or if not, why? Thanks, Joey. Hope you're doing well. Say hi to your lovely wife. Have a good summer. Bye. All right. Yeah. Um, of course, communication is huge in pickleball. Um, it is. That's why you see a lot, especially on the pro side, these last maybe two years, you're seeing more and more pairs stick together throughout the year than we have in years past, where it used to kind of everyone mix up every tournament. You'd see, you know, this person playing with a new person um, pretty, pretty frequently. Not anymore. Um, some of the smaller ones you might see that, but all the majors, these bigger uh, PPAs and APPs, stuff like that, you're going to see a lot of more of the same teams, whether it's mixed, men's, women's doubles. Um, because of that communication, you start figuring out, you know, what, how the other players play, how they like to play, how we uh, mix together, what are my strengths and their strengths. Do we, you know, when I do this, does he do that? Things like that. Um, and then just, uh, the talking wise, it gets more and more comfortable talking to each other. The the more you get to play with each other, which is always nice. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely feel like whenever I team up with somebody and we communicate while we play, we absolutely do way better than if I play with somebody where we don't say anything throughout the match. I mean, that's yeah, for sure. That's that's crucial, in my opinion. Anyways, what do I know? <laughs> but. Uh, this next question comes from another person that some would say is is pretty good at pickleball, and that is the one and only Kyle Yates. Joey, what's up, man? So I hear you're moving to Florida soon. Does that mean you're finally going to show me your sick tricks on a surfboard? I hope so. Stay safe. See you soon. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, hopefully get to get he'll have to come to my side on my coast over there that might be a little bit better than the gulf coast to to catch some waves um but yeah we coming to florida soon like i said earlier and i'll be i used to surf quite a bit when i was younger i guess that was another sport i wasn't i mean i didn't compete or anything so it didn't really seem like a sport to me um it was more of a hobby and i i grew up in corpus christi texas 
So right on the beach. And yeah, I surfed all through even some of uh, college. When I would go, come home, I surfed quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it's been a, years since I've been back on a board for more than an hour. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm excited to finally, finally be at a place where I can hopefully pick up that uh, hobby again. Webby, I think right. I sent a, a, a new video for our channel coming on here, and that's Joey and Kyle teach Eddie how to surf. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, that, that's got to happen. That has got to happen. It's we're, yeah. You're never going to see a video of anybody teaching Webby how to surf because the movie <laughs> Jaws ruined that uh, chance of ever happening for me. Uh, like I'm... <laughs> Like it was a big deal the first time I ever stepped foot in a lake of any kind, a freshwater lake. So like, there's uh yeah, me surfing is probably never gonna happen, but I absolutely think that should happen. You guys teaching Eddie how to surf that has got to happen. I've, I've done the I've done the the thing at Kalahari, the little I don't even know what they call them. Oh right? uh, the, yeah, the little fake thing where it like has a little chats and you can surf on it. So I feel like I'm already a pro as it is. So it'll be no problem. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there Same you go. Thing. Yeah, it is the same thing. <laughs> nice. All right, this next question comes from one of our all-time favorites in the world of pickleball. Here's a question from none other than Simone Jarjim. Hey, Joey. How are you doing? Can't wait for you to move down here. Uh, but anyhow, what are you looking most forward to? Uh, the humidity of Florida or spending some time with your best buds? All right. See you soon. Uh, well, obviously spending time with my best buds, it's going to be great for my pickleball. There's so many people just throughout that area, whether it's the waters, um, you know, we have Simone, Kyle. Um, I mean, there's just some Martinez down in Miami. Um, yeah, there's just so many, so many players out there. I want to say it. Like Eden, obviously, and, and uh, Andre are going to be pretty close to me. Um, Regina Franco, I've seen her out there quite a bit now. Um, yeah, just I'm excited about that. Getting getting to play with a bunch of those great players. The humidity, I love humidity. That's so. I've, I grew up in it. Corpus Christi, Texas, is pretty darn humid itself. Um, so yeah, that's something I'm no stranger to, and I usually enjoy that a little bit more than the than the dry heat. So yeah. Nice, thank you, Simone. Great question. The next question comes from a fellow Michigander and great pickleball player and pickleball instructor. This one is from DJ Howard. Hey guys, you know I'm big on encouragement. My question for Joey is, who has encouraged you most on your journey to becoming a top player? Whew, man. Um, who has encouraged me most? Um, I would say my wife, uh, Tony, has done quite a bit for it. She's, you know, been the one to kind of push me to travel a little bit more, even some of the times I couldn't travel with her. Uh she's been you know she's the one that kind of puts order into all this sets up a lot of the stuff for me um yeah without without her i don't know if i would have been at, as successful as quickly um she's yeah so she's been she's been great obviously when i first started it was um a guy named 
uh, Dan O'Toole kind of started me out there and, and DJ Howard was right there with me. We both worked together. Our first U.S. Open, uh, we played the – so we played – I think it was the first time that they had the pro division where if you won your first match, you went to the main draw of pro. If you lost your first match, you went to the main draw of 5-0. And we, our first big match ever, we lost to Matt Staub and Robert Elliott. That was our first round to get in. Lost to them. And then we went into the 5-0 bracket and won it. And uh, it, was, it was great because I want to say we won, we won some money which was nice uh, for that, our, our first big tournament. And it was more than what, you know, like fourth or fifth for the pros got because they got nothing. I want to say it was Brian Ashworth that I was talking to that, you know, he spent all this time working his ass off to get fourth or third. I came at fourth, I think. And he got either the same or, or no money compared to the first place for the, the one of the guys that I had lost or at, you know, I'd lost and went to the backdrop, but, uh yeah it was that was that was fun and those guys have always kind of uh helped me along and anytime i need encouragement and those are those are two that i can definitely go to awesome yeah that was a great answer and i've got to tell you you you've earned some uh i think you earned some great brawny points with that answer and if you ever find yourself <laughs> in a doghouse i think you should play your answer to this question <laughs> to your wife and you're gonna get out of any problems that you ever have <laughs> with with your marriage. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll add you a little snippet, and then you can just yeah. email it to her. There we right. go. Yeah, Perfect. We'll yeah. Yep, we'll get you that I clip, just... and you can have it saved on your phone or whatever. <laughs> you can pull phone. it up whenever That's you right. need to. That's, yeah, you're you're set, you're set for life, man. That was a great answer. <laughs> nice. All right, so this next one is from one of our pickleball BFFs. Here's a question from the one and only Irina Tereshenko. What up, Adrian Webby? What up, Joey? Irina Tereshenko is here, your Sick Tricks teammate. I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago, we rode in a car together with Tony and Sean Rickard from Tucson to Palm Springs to compete in Pickleball Nationals. And what we did the entire time for about six hours, there and back, is we played this game where you have to play the song and try to name it as fast as possible. So what I vividly remember is losing every single round, well, maybe with the exception of uh, Eastern European techno category, I'm pretty sure I aced uh, that one, because you were guessing all the songs within five seconds or less from their beginning. So my question to you is, how did you get so good at knowing so many different songs across different genres and guessing them? And also maybe you can name a couple of jams that get you really pumped up before a pickleball match. Thank you. <laughs> nice great question yeah yeah so so on the road as much as we are obviously we come up with a bunch of ways to try to pass the time whether it's listening to different podcasts listening to a bunch of different music uh audiobooks we do audiobooks a lot and then that game where we basically pick a random genre of music or a mix of music click play and first person to guess it gets the point and my wife tony is freakishly good at it <laughs> so by getting beat down month after month uh in this game i slowly started started learning and remembering and uh doing that with with music so yeah for her genres and stuff like that which is a vast majority of them um she she usually beats me pretty pretty good 
but yeah, um, I knew a lot of music and stuff because of growing up. Uh, my dad listened to a bunch of different genres of music everywhere from all classic rock to Motown to a lot of different Spanish music. Um, and then when I was, I want to say maybe early twenties, I was a DJ. Me and my friends were DJs. We had two, I had two other friends of mine. We ended up going in together, bought a DJ set and did everywhere from like weddings. One of my buddies was a high school math teacher. So we did, we got a contract with that school district, the small school district in Port Aransas, Texas, and did, you know, their middle school dances, their high school prom. We did um, some different clubs. We did a couple different, like, uh, city events. I remember doing one called, like, Bark in the Park, which was like a Halloween dog show. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I got to learn a lot of music, music that way, too. Um, nice. Let's see. Music that gets me pumped up before pickleball. Um, there's there's a lot. We have a there's a certain playlist that I listen to um, that Sean and I actually Irina's helped me on some. So uh, and let me see. Actually, I have some of these songs on this playlist, and I got to remember some of them. Let's see. Where is it? So Irina and Sean helped you put this together. Yeah. So basically, throughout throughout our tournaments, morning of around seven thirty a.m., one of us usually sends a mass text to a couple, a group of us with the you know the song of the day or something like that. And uh, yeah, it. I mean, this they range from. We've had songs for Deckel with some just like Israeli techno that just randomly pop up all the way to uh, – we listen to a lot of uh, Alanis Morissette before we play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just just so many. So uh, probably for me personally, get pumped up. 50 Cent, Many Men was, was one, uh, one of them. Um, anything Eminem, obviously – be be good to to start your day with if you're looking at that. Um, I listen to different Spanish music, so anywhere if I forgot the, the names. There's like Raycon and Nicky Jam and J Balvin, some of those um, kind of um, Spanish uh, artists, stuff like that. So yeah, those are some of the artists and music that I kind of listen to before I uh, start the day. Very nice. Yeah, I've got to say, I I can, uh, like, I understand what you're coming from. Like, I I will listen to either a 50 cent station or an Eminem station the morning of a tournament, and I tot I totally get it. I don't know if it's like the right. the Michigan the Michigan background thing or what, but yeah, <laughs> like when I listen to an Eminem station before a pickleball tournament, I I am ready to go. Little mixture of uh, anger and some uh, nice beats. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, right. all, that's all you get, need. Gets you in the zone. That's all you need. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I'm where the Alanis Morissette. Side of thing. <laughs> More my. Isn't it ironic that you said that? Don't you think? That's right. A little too <laughs> ironic. <laughs> nice. All right. So Irina mentioned Sean Rickard in her video, and we actually just so happened to have a question here from the man himself, Mr. Sean Rickard. Joey Farias. What's up, buddy? It's your boy, Sean Rickard from Tucson. I uh, got three questions for you. 
Number one, uh, who is your favorite pop diva and why do you love her so much? Uh, number two, do you have any uh, poker tells, like any giveaways when you're trying to be deceitful? And number three, tell us about your biggest comeback in a pickleball tournament. All right, later, man. Nice, great question, uh, Sean. It's a very, very That's loaded question here. So let me break it down for you just so you don't forget what he asked. So number one, yeah. who is your favorite pop diva and why do you love her so much? Ooh, pop diva. Celine Dion <laughs> is my favorite. Um, I don't know what it is. It is just, yeah, everything she, every song she sings is just gorgeous, beautiful. Yeah, Celine Dion is my favorite. Um, let's, what was the question two? <laughs> question two was, do you have any poker tells, uh, something that gives away when you're trying to be deceitful? Oh man. So we were playing this <laughs> game where we were out at a pickleball turn. I want to say it was in, it was in California. So Curtis Campbell brought this game out and it was something about being spies and trying to figure out as a group who the spies are. So obviously I'm the spy this time. And they, we had to like cover our eyes. If you're a spy, you look at your card or something. I can't remember, but basically when everyone opened their eyes, you all look around and try to figure out and ask questions, stuff like that. Well, once they open my, open their eyes my wife instantly knew it was me somehow i had no clue how she knew and she goes it's joey and just yells it out and then you know sean asks why the hell do you think it's joey and he goes she she he has this tell every once in a while that he'll start bobbing he'll start doing this and like pointing his finger but i did obviously i didn't point my finger that time so i was sitting down and i was probably doing that and she knew and she was and she did this reenactment like all right, guys, I'm not a spy. No one can tell I'm a spy. You're good, Joey. Like, and it was, I mean, everyone dying laughing. And ever since then, yeah, just randomly, I'll see people kind of looking at me and just going, all right, you're a spy. Like, just, yeah, so Sean, lo Sean loved that moment. And, yeah, that's a good one. So that is my tell. Kind of rock back and forth a little bit. And, uh, yeah, nice. so that was the tell. And then, let's see, number three was the biggest comeback a great question because it was with sean rickard it was uh he was sandbagging he was he played 4-0 at a southwest regionals he played 4-0 singles and won it played 4-0 mixed and won it and then played 5-0 doubles with me um there that was our first tournament that we kind of played together i just moved to tucson a couple months prior and he was one of the better better players younger players out there and um great story was you know i went out finally met him played some pickleball with him and it rather than you know getting discouraged or getting upset he came up to me right after and asked hey can you show me how to play pickleball um and yeah ever since then we started drilling a bunch stuff like that and he got picked it up really really quick um so i told him let's play this tournament together so we played uh southwest regionals it was our first one or my first southwest regionals and we're playing we're down we go through the whole uh bracket w into the winners bracket finals doing great we get destroyed in the winners bracket finals the first two out of three 
Um, and then we go down 14-2 in the final game to 15. And then Sean, I don't know what he does, but he just locks it up. And we ended up coming back and winning um, 16-14 and winning the gold medal there. And that, so that, that was my uh, biggest comeback and a pretty big moment there for us, you know, in a gold medal match, being able to come back in that final game to 15 from 14 two down. And we had a little thanks, thanks to Yoda. Uh, he was our uh, line judge in the back corner. And there was a ball that they drove and it hit the net, went between us. And as I look back, I see it landing. I don't see it. So I was getting ready to just call it in. I even like put my head down. I'm pretty sure. And Sean puts his hands on his head or something. And then all of a sudden we just hear an out call from the line judge. And we were just like, holy crap. Like we have a, we have a shot and yeah, we, we made our run. Very nice. That's awesome. It's funny you mentioned Yoda. I've actually got a, uh, a little uh, baby Yoda back there. I don't know if anybody <laughs> tuning in on YouTube can see it. And I've got this book winning pickleball that was written by Yoda, Mark Friedenberg. So, it was not That's planned right. at all. I, I swear to God, that was not planned. I just there's Yoda references <laughs> all around my basement. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was great. Good stuff. Uh, this next question is from another great friend of ours, and that is the very talented Michelle Esquivel. Hey Joey, how's it going? Um, I know you love going to karaoke bars because we've gone to several. Uh, I just wanted to know what's your favorite karaoke song to sing, and if you could give us a little taste of what that sounds like. Hope you're doing good. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a great uh, one right there. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, we've we've definitely done our karaoke. We went to one in Hawaii where we were all staying together, and then TOC. That's kind of a tradition. Um, the, there's a, only one bar in town <laughs> in in Brigham, and it's a, happens to be a little karaoke karaoke bar. So we we go there quite a bit. Um, during during that tournament, at least every year we go once. Um, yeah, so uh, we do enjoy, my wife and I do enjoy going to karaoke quite a bit. It's a lot of fun. Uh, favorite song to sing? Jeez. Um, I would say Frank Sinatra, My Way. Very be nice. My favorite. Very nice. And, and I you- don't know, I... I yeah probably not it's a different different thing at a karaoke bar to go and do that so if, yeah if you guys yeah. any of the viewers ever want to see me sing that they can take me to a karaoke bar and I'd be more than happy to <laughs> right <laughs> let's do it yeah if you're anything like me you probably need to down a couple more of those drinks before That's that would right. happen also <laughs> exactly so Eddie, so Eddie actually witnessed the last time I did karaoke, and that was at my bachelor party. Do you remember that, Eddie? Oh, yeah. Well, the funny part was karaoke wasn't even happening. There was a guy paid to sing at the bar on Fort Myers Beach, and Webby just goes up to him and is like, hey, I want to I sing, and he let him sing at a bar. He did karaoke, and karaoke wasn't even happening. Yep. True story. That's awesome. That is a true story. What, what song did you sing? Um, I sang It's Not Unusual by Tom Jones. That was always my karaoke go-to. <laughs> yep. And, uh, it, and and the crazy thing is I'm not even 40 years old yet, and that's still my go-to song. I feel like that's usually good with the uh, the elderly, but 
whatever. I uh, blame uh, pick either way. Oh yeah, yeah. I blame uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air for that. Like yeah. that song was always one of my favorites because of Carlton on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyways, so let's move right along. This next question comes from somebody who actually hijacked our show during last year's Beer City Open. Here's a question <laughs> from Rob Cassidy. Hey, Eddie and Webby. Hey, Joey Farias. Rob Cassidy here, first-time caller, long-time fan. Joey, my pro-to-pro question for you is, you are very well known in this game for playing with a good composure. Uh, what are some tips that you might have uh, for other players aspiring to be stoic and having that good composure on the court like you? Nice, great Ooh, question. Uh, uh, I would say mine, my composure, a lot of it comes comes from tennis. Um, just like years and years of playing tennis and then especially towards the end playing at such a high trying to play at such a high level where uh, when I was first starting pickleball I saw it as you know this fun activity that I was doing and just happened to be pretty good at Um, so literally almost every moment I'm out there I'm just having so much fun whether I'm losing points or winning points obviously it's more fun uh, winning winning more points than losing but um that that is kind of one thing where I just I tried so hard in tennis to basically just control the things that I could control, which was obviously the way I acted, my composure, um, the you know what shots I hit. If my opponent hit a good shot, I'm gonna tell him good shot. I'm not gonna get upset about it. That means that either I made a bad decision or they just hit a better shot than that I could couldn't get back. Um, I try not to let, you know, small things get to me like net courts or wind or stuff like that, um, that some, some of these other players or other people get, get to thinking about too much, which can affect even their overall game because of that. So I try and try to let those go. All right. Very nice. So this next question is actually our final question of the pros asking pros questions segment. And it comes from somebody that you have had some success with on the pickleball court. Here's a question from Riley Newman. Hey Joey, hope all is well with you. You know, one of my favorite tournaments of 2019 was teaming up together for the Las Vegas open where we took gold. I'm sure a lot of people would love to know how did you celebrate the big win? See you in Vail, Colorado for round two. Oh man. Um, yeah, that was, that tournament was a lot of fun. Um, it was, geez, just came out just playing lights out that whole day. I was, it was funny cause I had, um, a little bit of a neck injury going in where I couldn't turn my head all the way towards the right. So I was a little concerned, worried. Uh, Simone came out with this, uh, CBD balm, I think Frontier Jackson came and put it on my neck and it was perfect. My, I was feeling much, much better. And then throughout the matches, she would ask me if I was feeling good and would come and put some more. And uh, yeah, it ended up uh, helping out quite a bit. Obviously, we ended up winning, um, not dropping a match, which was nice. And the celebration, let me think, we went out to dinner uh, with a group of the pickleballers. And then I made some more money playing blackjack basically all night, I want to say. No, not all night, because I played the next day. I played blackjack until probably about 1 or 2 in the morning and then uh, went to bed and then was able to having to play indoors mix the following day because of weather. 
which is a little bit of a bummer, but still such a such a fun and great tournament. Awesome. Well, thanks for that question, Riley. And uh, speaking of winning gold with Riley at the Las Vegas Open, we actually have a video clip from after the gold medal match ended uh, that we'd like to play right now. You guys have potato gardens. Tell us that now. Uh, that is our favorite food, so let me tell you why. Uh, so I think I probably forgot. I don't know when that was. Yeah, waffles aren't bad for me. Spicy beans are money, boy. Lower your volume for nefarious, swollen punks. You better bow down. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> So that's a that's just a little taste of the uh, the bad dink reading video series that we've been uh, dishing out lately on the Eddie oh, and Webby no. channel. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. so that happened. That just happened. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's the end of the pros asking pros questions segment. <laughs> man, a lot that's of great, great questions coming in. I hope you guys out there enjoy that. I know that Webby and I certainly enjoy, and we really appreciate all the pros that are taking the time out of their day to be able to submit questions. One of the things I love about this segment is that it really shows just how it's a it's a tight-knit community amongst all the pro players. I mean, you can obviously tell by the questions. There's a lot of inside jokes and a lot of stories, and, uh, and we really appreciate it. So I hope you guys out there like that. So. Uh, Joey, I hope you had fun, man. I know that this was definitely uh, a great time for us to be able to talk a little bit more about life on the road, what's going to be coming up in the, in the future for you. Um, but obviously, I want to give you an opportunity to be able to kind of tell everybody where they can follow you on this journey. Um, and also, I know that, you know, it's obvious that you have a great relationship with Gearbox as well. Um, so do you want to be able to talk about that? Yeah. Um, no, thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun. Again, always fun to be on the show. Um, so you guys can follow me Facebook and Instagram. I think it's Jay Farius Pickleball for both of them. Um, be able to see where I'm at, uh, you know, where I'm teaching. Hopefully soon I'll be able to announce what um, I'm actually going to be doing in Florida. Um, and then, yeah, with Gearbox, I've been f super fortunate to find them. Um, started with them early or late 2017, early 2018 was when I signed, signed December of 2017. And, uh, man, it's been just such a great team to, to work with. Um, they've helped my game and just, you know, the growth so much, uh, from, you know, letting me travel with this fifth wheel and getting me the fifth wheel and truck and, uh, you know, giving me these ideas of, of doing, doing stuff like that to, to hit the road and, and help promote and, uh, seeing that the owner's out there doing it himself at times where he's out driving around promoting and even just following me, he'll meet for some of our trips, which is some of the funner trips where we kind of follow each other caravan throughout the U S and, uh, stop at different places, kind of check out new things and, and see a bunch of new people, which is always nice. Um, so yeah, that's for sure. My, 
uh, favorite part of being with that team was seeing all these new people. And then at these bigger tournaments, you know, having groups of, of people coming up to me, remembering that I went out to their courts and, you know, this small city in Iowa and this small city in here, uh, and, uh, you know, getting messages randomly from, from people asking how I'm doing stuff like that. Cause I've been able to, to just meet such, such great people in this community, pickleball community. That's great. Well, we'll throw links down below to, uh, to your social media links. Again, Joey, this was a blast. I look forward to you being down here in Florida. Hopefully, I get, it means I get a chance to see you more. Uh, as of right now, what what is the first tournament that you're going to be playing in, kind of getting re back introduced into pickleball? Um, look, looking at a couple right now, um, it's either going to be, I want to say it's Rocky Mountain Open is one of them. Um, yeah, there's a couple because of this new thing in Florida. I've got to kind of check a couple things, make sure I can do that. But I think that was our first on the schedule was was that one. If not that one, I think then Indianapolis possibly. Uh, one of those two would be the would be the first tournament that I'd be back at. Awesome, man. Well, I look forward to seeing you back out on the courts. I'm looking forward looking forward to uh, a lot of these pro tournaments getting back up and running. Thank you again, Joey. Really appreciate it. And uh, hope you have a great rest of the night, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys so much for having me. Our pleasure, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. Bye, guys. See ya. Oh, man. Another super, super fun night. Such a great guy. Yeah, Joey's always been one of my favorites, man. Just a really cool guy. Super nice. Obviously, he's incredible out on the pickleball court. I love that question about composure though, because it's true. I mean, obviously he's, he's a pretty chill guy in real life. And you can see that that kind of carries over onto the court as well. He's always very composed. He doesn't let mm -hmm. those kind of, you know, like wind and let neck cord shots and stuff like that bother him. Like you said, uh, and it's great, man. I think, I think he's great for the sport and what he's doing to promote it is incredible as well. Oh yeah, for sure. And the, uh, the first time I ever met him in person was last year at the Beer City Open. And such a down-to-earth, super nice, very approachable guy. And uh, it was very cool to, to see him play in person. And uh, yeah, so he's, he's one of those people like that's it's so great for the sport of pickleball. Just mm -hmm. such a great guy. Do, do you remember first Beer City Open you and I were at? We went to Belknap Park for the first time and we were walking around. The first pro match that we ever actually watched for a few minutes was Joey and Catherine playing together. I don't know if you remember that or not. Oh, nice. I, I don't specifically remember. Um, and it's, it's one of those things like that first Beer City Open, like I kick myself so hard because we were in the presence of so much greatness <laughs> and we didn't even friggin' realize it. Like it just, it kills me. Like when I look at pictures and look at videos, I was like, holy crap, look in the background. It's like the greatest pickleball players of all time. Yep. And we're just roaming around like, oh, look at here's a pickleball tournament. Let's see what this right. is all about. <laughs> yeah. Top players in the world all right there. And then we go to Perrin for the pre-party and they're all sitting at a table <laughs> right by us. And we, we have no idea. Right. Yeah. We got there early. So we got like one of the tables, right? Like when you first enter yep. the, uh, the area where the party was at. And then when we go back and look at videos and pictures, like the best of the best pickleball players are all around us. 
And all we were doing is just like looking at the camera. Hey, we're here right. at Perrin drinking beer. We're going to play pickleball tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That was a blast, though, man. <laughs> it was so much fun. But yeah, even like even the fact that we didn't know who the pros were like that night changed our, or that weekend, that tournament changed our yep. lives. Like even though we didn't know who the top pros were, like it just we got sucked into it because like the the people were just so nice. The tournament was so well ran and just the whole experience. It was just it was amazing. And like that's what made us want to get better at playing pickleball. Mm -hmm. And that's what made us want to get into this more than ever. And it's just that that the the first Beer City Open that we went to, which was the first Beer City Open ever, it was just it was such an amazing experience. I'll never forget it. That's right. Very very sad. It's not gonna be happening this year. Totally understand yep. though. But yeah, it makes me sad. Here's my uh, Beer City Open pint glass. It always makes me happy to. Uh, yep. Take I always have it. mine. There you got yours there. I always have mine nearby, right here. I have actually I have two. I have one that I drink from and one that's just here on display in my basement that I can and this year I'll be just like crying into it and filling it with tears. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> we'll have to the whole weekend I'm just gonna sit in my room and cry and pout because no beer city is going on. But yep. that's okay. They're coming back next year. It's gonna be bigger, better, stronger. That's faster. right. Is that a song? I feel like that's a song. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. <laughs> and copyright strike right there. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> yep, just ruined, just like that. ruined everything. Ruined the whole episode by doing that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, no, that was great, man. So, you know, one of the one of the reasons I, want, I really wanted to have Joey back on again tonight, too, was because I'm fascinated by this whole life on the road thing. It's, it's a movement that a lot of people are moving into uh, with people being able to work remotely, I think that this is going to become more and more of a common trend, and especially in the pickleball world where you have the ability to play tournaments across the country with different groups or whatnot. I see a lot of value and a lot of appeal in that. Uh, oh, yeah. So it was really cool to hear you know, Joey's perspective from him and Tony and the dogs and, and kind of traveling around. So that was great, man. It really, I felt like that was very informative. D different feel than our previous podcast, but I, I really liked that. I thought that was good. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love the fact like we've he's been on the show before. He told us his backstory, so we didn't have to worry about that part. So we just kind of talked about that part of his life, and it's very fascinating to me. And like you said, especially in the world of pickleball, like living out of a camper and traveling the world or traveling the country and being able to go wherever you want and like just stay in whatever area you want and play pickleball and stuff. That's it. Almost sounds like the dream. I mean, that's like that's like the perfect lifestyle for a pickleball player. That's right, man. The pickleball nomadic lifestyle. Yeah. I'm I'm in. Where do I sign up? Where do how do how do we make this happen, Webby? Let's do it. Right? Yeah, seriously. I'm down. We'll get a big Eddie and Webby logo on the side of the truck. We're gonna make this happen. Yes. The Eddie and Webby truck. I could definitely see that. Yeah, let's do it. We'll stop. We're we'll do our tour. Still wanna check out Chicken and Pickle. That'll be on there. Um, obviously we got to go out West. I still want to play in Steve Pronto's backyard. I don't know about you, but I think I want to. Oh yeah. There. Yeah. He's been releasing videos like crazy lately during yeah. quarantine from his backyard. And yeah, I like that is definitely very high on my bucket list is to play in Steve Pronto's backyard. 
Like that has definitely got to happen. Hopefully it happens sooner than later. And, um, and I, like, I feel like we've got, we've got challenges all throughout the country too. Yeah. We've got uh, Barrett and Jana from Pickleball Kitchen. They're down in Texas. They want to play against us. They, they're pretty sure they can destroy us. Uh, we've got um, uh, the, in Chicago, Platform Files. Mm-hmm. They challenged us a long time ago. But- Butts up pickleball for that one. <laughs> yep, butts up pickleball. I'm actually okay with it now because like my skills have gotten a lot better from the time that they first challenged us. I think you and I have a chance to uh, to destroy platform files. They're uh, actually kind of a, a group of chumps, and I think we can easily beat them. So I will absolutely be down for some butts up pickleball next time we're both in Chicago. <laughs> That's right. We go to Chicago all the time together, so it works out well. <laughs> right. Yeah. When, when was the last time? Like 10, 11 years ago? Something like that? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I certainly did. Um, that was great, Webby. Is there anything else we want to be able to talk about tonight here? Or are we done? How does this work? Oh, I don't remember. It's been a couple I, weeks. Yeah. I think uh, I think after the guest leaves, we're pretty much done. So I think that's uh, that's about it for tonight. Man. Well, as I mentioned, guys, another great episode. Joey's always one of our favorite people to be able to have on. Hopefully, we'll be able to have him on again in the future. And on that note, I'm Eddie. And until next time, this is Webby, not Eddie, signing off. See ya.